Welcome to Visionary Voices, the College President's Playbook, a podcast that serves as your backstage pass to an uplifting and positive view into the collaborative playbook of higher education presidents and their senior leaders. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Gross. Join me weekly for discussions with some of the best minds in higher education leadership. From presidents to provosts, enrollment managers to CFOs, CIOs to chief diversity officers, this show is your ticket to the most future-forward strategies that are impacting real results on college campuses today. Each week, I will be posting highlights and insights from our show. So let's connect. Visionary Voices is part of the Enrollified Network, a robust collection of podcasts designed to help higher education professionals like you grow. Explore our other shows at Enrollify.org or check out some of my personal favorites linked in the show notes below. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the leading AI-powered, all-in-one student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, and engaging interactions with students. Learn more at Element451.com. Well, this is a really exciting episode of Visionary Voices, the College President's Playbook. I have two incredible guests with us here today. I first have the president of Mercy University, Dr. Susan Parrish, and I have the first vice president for enrollment management to ever appear on Visionary Voices, a good longtime friend of mine, Adam Castro. Welcome, President Parrish and Adam. Well, thank you so much for having us. We're delighted to be here. And thank you for that. You know, now that I know that I'm the first, that the, the pressure is just immense here from the, the VPEM side. So I, I will try to live up to uh, our field and, and your uh, your skills, Brian. <laughs> well, you're the first, you won't be the last, and I have no doubt you will meet every expectation in this conversation. So let's get right to it. There are so many incredible things happening at Mercy University. I always like to start talking before we talk about the initiative that you're here to discuss, the mission of Mercy University. President Parrish, can you talk to me a little bit about the mission at Mercy and what drew you uh, to recently join the Mercy community? Sure. So um, our mission is to transform lives through access to education. And we offer opportunities to students who might not have access to an excellent education. And we're very proud of that record. We're almost 75 years old and uh, we are still true to the values that started us uh, so many years ago. And I came to Mercy specifically because of the mission. Um, it's something that I care very passionately about. And, um, you know, most of the students we serve are first generation. Many are from low income families and we want to give them opportunities to pursue their, their dreams. And I think we do a superb job with that here at Mercy. Great. Well, on this podcast, we really try to inspire other college and university leaders to think about the type of initiatives that could really make a difference on the ground uh, for their students. And so when I think about all the things that are happening at Mercy University, we talked about the Catalyst Program. I'd love to hear about the Catalyst Program and how that came about. Kind of piggybacking on the mission of Mercy, which I think is truly unique. One of the most interesting things about Mercy I think is the fact is over that 75 years, Mercy has evolved and really changed as an institution to cater to the population in and around 
the Mercy University campuses, formerly Mercy College campuses. Um, and so the students that Mercy serves today look very different than the students that Mercy served 20 years ago, look very different than the students that Mercy served 40 years ago. And I think that's what makes Mercy, um, as we define ourselves as an access institution and an institution that's just hyper-focused on providing opportunities for students, I think that's the proof is that, you know, we don't try to have our students really conform to what we're looking to be or to who we're trying to serve. Rather, Mercy conforms to the population in which we reside and tries to better the communities in which we inhabit. Uh, and that's just from a, a personal standpoint, that just makes coming to work every day so rewarding. Uh, and so the Catalyst program, I think, is a is a perfect example of Mercy doing just that and living up to that mission. Right. We saw um, during the pandemic, uh, particularly in and around the Bronx, which is our our one of our largest uh, uh, feeders in terms of students coming to our Mercy campuses. Um, we saw that the college going rates for traditional freshmen were plummeting. Um, so pre-pandemic, uh, you know, we'd always run the clearinghouse reports. Uh, when the fall uh, uh, semester starts, we find out where the students ended up. Uh, we always monitored the, the uh, students that opted out uh, of attending college altogether. Right off the bat in 2020, we saw those numbers spike and those numbers have really not gone down since the pandemic through the class of fall 23. The Bronx in particular was hit hard by the pandemic and you've seen it on the news. It has been the, the lowest, the, the slowest to recover socially, economically from the pandemic. And frankly, you know, probably a lot of people have forgotten about it, uh, but I think the, the residual effects are, are still there in the Bronx, particularly uh, in the secondary schools. And so we just wanted to come up with a plan that can combat it. Again, this is what Mercy does. Uh, we're trying to inspire students to pursue a higher education. Uh, so we know we had to target the Bronx and students in and around the Bronx. We knew we needed a program that was highly structured, uh, that would give students an ability to balance school, work, and family responsibility. And kind of, we wanted to make sure that anything that we did from an academic and professional uh, perspective aligned with the needs of the Bronx and the jobs that are gonna be in the Bronx four and five years from now. And so from that, the Catalyst program was born and it's really a program designed for Bronx students that gives them every opportunity to pursue a higher education in a highly structured um, uh, environment uh, that we think they could thrive in. Great. Adam, thank you so much. There are so many directions that we could go uh, with what you said. I love how you're talking about being a student-ready college, and so much has been uh, written about that and the importance of making sure that we meet students uh, where they are. And then, of course, everything given uh, the financial aid challenges that we're dealing with this year, this program seems so timely. Uh, President Parrish, I know there are many elements of this program. There's financial aid support. There's career support. I saw there's uh, support you're offering with transportation. Talk to me about your senior leadership team and how do you get support uh, amongst the members of your senior leadership team? How do you develop this sense of synergy and collaboration at Mercy to pull something like this off? Oh, sure. Well, you know, I think that one of the wonderful things about the university senior leadership team is that 
there is just a, a solidarity and a singularity of commitment to the mission. I mean, ac across the leadership of the university, every single person, and that's not just our vice presidents, but that includes deans, directors, you know, the, the head of communications, everyone is really driving toward the same ambitious goal of ensuring that our students have amazing opportunities, that they graduate on time in four years with little debt. And so, um, you know, I frankly, I mean, I walked into a situation where the leadership team is very strong and deeply committed and highly effective, which is a, a fantastic combination. So it hasn't taken effort to bring people along or to bring people together. And, you know, far from it. In you know, I, I think that, and this is what was so attractive to me about Mercy is that people here are living and breathing the mission on a daily basis, regardless of what their role is in the institution. And that's what makes, I think, Catalyst so exciting for us, because it's a program where we will be able to bring together everything we've learned over the years about how you are truly student-centered. You know, in higher ed, it's very popular to talk about, you know, we're student-centered, we're student-focused. And the reality is that that's not necessarily the case. You know, schedules are often set at the convenience of faculty and staff, you know, and they're not necessarily at times that are family-friendly. You know, I could go on and on. And with the Catalyst program, we're really trying to create some Something that is the culmination of everything we know about student success. So it includes cohort models where students will come together and they'll be together in the same group with a faculty member. They'll, they'll be coming to campus. They'll have support for transportation, which we know in our area is such a barrier to, um, you know, to getting around. We will be providing meals. Many of the students we provide, you know, we support are food insecure. And so you can't learn when you're hungry. And so we're providing that support. We're providing the textbooks. We're providing the computers. We're providing hotspots so that, you know, they can have access to the internet. And I think that, um, you know, the wraparound nature of our advising and career services is going to be what drives success for this program, frankly. But it, this was not something where the leadership team, you know, needed to be brought along at all. Far from it. These is came from the leadership team because they are so committed to supporting our students. And they they are just exceptional. I mean, they absolutely are exceptional. And Adam is a perfect representation of that. You know, his leadership with Catalyst has been just extraordinary. I agree. Adam, so I'm really interested on the ground. Uh, I know this is a new initiative for fall 2024. How have you went about getting the word out to school counselors, to families, and maybe give me a little insight on what the initial reaction has been amongst those stakeholders? Yeah, and, and you know, as well as anybody, I mean, anything, you know, in, in a perfect world, um, when you're launching a new program, be it a program like Catalyst, be it an academic program, or anything in between, you would have, you know, that 12 to 18 month runway to do everything the right way and to, to, to make all the plans come to fruition and have all the resources in place. But, but like most things, you know, you don't always have uh, that type of thing. So we did have to accelerate 
uh, our launch of the program. Um, you know, we saw a need. Uh, we didn't want to wait another year uh, to put this program in place and 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 to to really uh, not have the students be able to take advantage of it. So we did accelerate uh, planning over the summer and into the fall. And my team, the marketing team in particular, did a fantastic job of, of creating the collateral and the presentations we needed, uh, the web presence to make, get the word out about the program. And then the admissions team really hit the ground running in September and October uh, and set up individual presentations. We had info sessions, uh, amazing communication plans that were well built out to get the word out to students. This program, uh, like many uh, that Mercy has put in place over the years, is highly uh, reliant on referrals from our wonderful school counseling community. Um, so we targeted them first. Uh, they were actually part of the planning committee. Uh, I brought together a group of uh, about seven uh, school counselors from in and around the Bronx that we've worked with closely over the years. Uh, we had dinner, we, we, we talked about uh, the, this idea before Catalyst was even a thing. Uh, we talked about the concept. Uh, we learned from them. We learned uh, perhaps what the two-year colleges weren't offering uh, their students that perhaps the Catalyst program uh, could fill in the gaps. Uh, we learned about the structure and what the students needed. That's one of the reasons why we have a three-day academic week um, and that we brought the, the transportation stipend and the cohort lunches into the program is because that came directly from school counselors as something that they thought was imperative. And so they're going to be our, our, our best recruiters. Uh, we're still out there going through our inquiry pools, making sure that students that are applying to Mercy currently uh, that maybe don't check off that they're interested in the program, but otherwise their attributes, where they live, their academic program of interest, uh, maybe they already applied to our Bronx campus. Uh, if they didn't already indicate interest, we're going proactively out to the, those students and then making sure that they know about the program and then switching that interest on if that's something that they want to pursue. Uh, we have our accepted student days coming up uh, here later in the spring. We're going to have specific Catalyst sessions and uh, both information sessions and then receptions for students that have already been admitted to the program. So I think in a very short time frame, we've been able to, you know, comprehensively get out to the market, make sure we've introduced the idea uh, of the Catalyst program um, and uh, inform students. Now, I, I will say like anything else, um, year two, the messaging will be a lot easier, right? Because we will have that one cohort under our belt. It won't be such a uh, an introduction uh, to students, uh, to parents, and to school counselors. Um, and so I really, I'm really excited about next year. I don't want to fast forward quite yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we've been, been able to effectively get out to market, um, and it's shown. I mean, so uh, I did want to to say that you know, the idea and the concept of Catalyst took hold immediately. And that's how you know, Brian, that you came up with something good. Um, and I think that is because of all the collaboration and, and the feedback we got before we launched about the program attributes. Um, but students immediately started applying for the program. The students have been so receptive to filling out the supplemental application for Catalyst and then getting the interview, which is a mandatory part of the process, done. We've already interviewed, I think we just went over the 25 student mark. We're looking for a cohort of 60 for the fall. I think we're well on the way to achieving that goal. And so it's been a really fun experience bringing something new to market, uh, which we don't always get, get to do uh, in our positions. 
and I'm really excited to see it take off. A common theme that I'm hearing as I'm doing these interviews with innovative college presidents and leaders around the country is sometimes you've got to just dive in and do it, right? Best laid plans, you've got to put it out of the market. And so uh, what you're saying is very consistent with what I'm hearing. So I'm going to maybe ask you a tough question, uh, but best laid plans, here's this incredible program. Uh, You're meeting full financial need for those that are eligible and apply. And all of a sudden, bam, we're in the midst of this uh, FAFSA delay. You know, we may not get our ICERs until mid-March. Once we program our packaging parameters and our student information system, we might not be able to get financial aid packages out until April. Uh, I saw the data last week. Uh, FAFSA filers are down by about 57 percent throughout the United States. What are your thoughts and how are you talking about this FAFSA delay at Mercy, not only just for this program, but the students that you enroll? I I know that you're deeply committed to offering them an affordable financial aid package to make uh, Mercy University education a reality for them. This is how it goes in in urban management, right? (laughs) Never a dull moment. Um, always a curveball, um, and it wouldn't be quite as uh, fun and exhilarating if we didn't have these type of things, right? No, but but seriously, I mean, I think um, this is a unique challenge. I mean, obviously, the pandemic uh, was a challenge in itself. I mean, it was it was so widespread, but this is such a acute and unique challenge uh, because it could affect, if not handled properly, an institution like Mercy University more severely and our students more severely than other institutions. So it's a very delicate matter and challenge. You know, when you're an access institution in times like this, uh, you cannot sit idly by, you have to be proactive. Uh, So both the Catalyst program and our students at large, by the time this is released, we would have already gone out uh, with messaging to our uh, community uh, that we're making several changes to really uh, face this head on. Uh, one is we're going to estimate financial aid packages for the fall uh, using an internal tool that will allow us to give, uh, with very high confidence, our students an estimated financial aid package if, for, if they were to attend uh, for the upcoming academic year. And it will allow us to use that to make decisions for the Catalyst program. Uh, we know that we cannot wait till April to do that uh, for this uh, program. And we have other programs on campus in a similar uh, situation. We're also moving back our accepted student days to more closely align with students' ability to make an informed college decision. And we know that that includes having a financial aid award offer uh, in their hands. And then we're going to push our priority deposit deadline uh, from May 1st to June 1st to give students and those around them, school counselors in particular, who have really been proactive in reaching out to me and asking what Mercy is going to do in this situation, that extra month in order to make a decision. Now, we still feel uh, that we're going to be first to market with financial aid award offers when we do get those ICERs. Uh, We think the estimated awards are going to go a long way uh, to setting students and parents' minds at ease, but we know that that final award is critically important, and we know that we're probably going to be the first, no, not probably, you know, President Parrish will, knows that we're going to be the first to go out with financial aid awards amongst our peer institutions. And so we think by May 1st, many of our students are going to be able to make that informed college decision because they're going to have their financial aid award. They're going to have come to a campus for an accepted student day or otherwise already visited campus. Uh, and we're going to have those intimate conversations about attending Mercy in the fall. But just in case that students are late and we know that there's technical issues still with the FAFSA, uh, we know that there's some documentation issues 
that will not allow some students to file uh, a FAFSA until most likely the summer. Uh, we want to give that extra time uh, to those students as well. So uh, it's obviously a challenge for everybody. It could be an even some a more severe challenge for an institution like Mercy, but we feel like we're putting ourselves in the best position possible for our students. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Brian Gross from Visionary Voices. I have some really exciting news to share with you. I'll be at the Engage Summit in Raleigh on June 25th and 26th, and I'd love to meet you there. Hosted by Element 451, the Engage Summit is your roadmap for AI readiness in higher education. Sessions will focus on cutting-edge AI applications that are reshaping student outreach, enhancing staff productivity, and offering insights into ROI. This isn't your typical conference. It's a strategic summit where you'll learn from some of the best about leveraging AI and digital strategies in higher ed marketing. Imagine two days filled with hands-on sessions, real-world stories, and the chance to network with the top minds in the field. You'll leave with practical, transformational takeaways as you learn how AI fosters a more personalized, efficient approach from recruitment to student success. Oh, and the best part? The Engage Summit is incredibly affordable. Use the discount code ENROLLIFY50 and you can register for just $99. So join me and many of my fellow Enrollify Network creators at the Engage Summit this June. Learn more and register at engage.element451.com. We can't wait to see you there. I know there's so much momentum at Mercy University. Last year's incoming class was a highly qualified, the size that you wanted. And so it's clear that you're thinking in a focused manner on how to make sure that you continue that momentum. President Powers, I want to kind of wrap up this part of the conversation. Uh, I know it's so important at Mercy College that your initiatives are aligned with uh, diversity and inclusion. And so in general, do you want to talk a little bit about some steps that you intentionally take at Mercy to make sure that students and families have equitable access to the educational opportunities on your campus? The first thing to think about here is that Mercy has been a Hispanic serving institution for more than 25 years. And um, the university was awarded the seal of excellencia. It was the first private school in the country to be awarded the seal of excellencia just two years ago. And we're extremely proud of the fact that we are intentional in supporting the success of our Latino students. This is a has been a long-standing priority of our institution, and it's something that we do very, very well. We are deeply committed to serving our population, which includes, you know, many first-generation students. When Adam was discussing the challenges with the FAFSA, you know, part of that has to do with the fact that nearly, I think, 75% of our students are eligible for the Pell Grant. So, you know, when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we are already serving the student body that, you know, is comes directly from our community, and these are the students who have the most needs. And what what I think we need to be focused on is the experience that we give them in and out of the classroom. Are they having exceptional experiences in the classroom? And, you know, we're very proud of keeping our class sizes small. Um, you know, typically classes are, are between 15 and 20 students. Students 
form lasting relationships with their faculty. They form lasting relationships with their advisors. And, you know, we think that the best way to create a sense of belonging for our students is to ensure that, you know, they, they are individuals. They're not numbers here. Um, and, you know, while I'm delighted that Adam and his team set a record for freshman enrollment last year, we still want to make sure that we maintain our focus on every individual student as a person who has unique needs, unique you know, experiences, a unique family situation. And I think that we do an excellent job of meeting students where, where we are. And, you know, I'll, I'll be blunt. Um, every year we graduate more black students at the undergrad level than Harvard, Princeton, and Yale combined. We're really proud of our work in giving these opportunities to students who are determined you know, many of them come from, from difficult financial backgrounds, and yet they are striving to achieve their dreams. And Mercy is a place where, you know, if you're willing to work hard, we will give you what you need to achieve your dreams. That is really powerful and important message. So on this podcast, I'm really trying to uh, provide a counter narrative to this idea of who would want to be a college president, who would ever want to be a vice president for enrollment management. I personally think it's really rewarding and important work as reflected by some of the stories and initiatives you're sharing. I always like to offer advice to our audience, uh, you know, aspiring leaders out there. Uh, what advice would you offer a listener out there who's thinking about advancing in her or his career as a higher ed leader or a president? Well, I, I'll start maybe. Um, you know, there's no question that higher ed has taken it on the chin. I mean, I think one of the most fun things the media can do right now is beat up on universities. And I think that, frankly, we're all missing the point when we're not focused on the needs of our students. And I'm so proud to be part of a university that's deeply committed to giving first-generation students access to an excellent education. And I know that that will transform their lives. It transformed mine. And so, you know, I think that we need to make sure that we stay focused on what we do best, which is preparing students for great careers, preparing them for lives of service and lives that are meaningful and and serving their communities and their families. And, and so I think that if you're interested in that type of a mission, you need to think differently. You know, I, I think that we can look at higher ed and, and see some indicators that we don't do a good enough job. One of the things that, that I find most disturbing is that we measure graduation for full-time students in six years, not in four which is just a massive failure on a national scale. And what we need to be focused on is ensuring that our students graduate on time and that we are giving them the supports that they need to, to be successful. And that requires our entire industry to think differently about what, what students need and what it will take to help them achieve. And I think that this is why I'm so excited about Catalyst because it's a completely different approach. It's a completely different approach. And it's exactly what I think students need today in this moment to be successful. And that's just really exciting. 
I love it. I'm so I'm so excited about that too. Um, Adam, I'm going to take a different approach with you because you are the first vice president for enrollment management on this show. So there's a young admissions professional out there. She or he is loving their job, but they're thinking, I never want to be a vice president for enrollment management. Too much pressure, too much stress. What are you going to say to that person? I mean, I would I would just say that this is an incredibly rewarding field. Um, and it's not, so it's not, it doesn't come down often to the individual. You know, I, I think when we turn young, talented, motivated professionals off to higher education, um, it is the fault of their manager. It is the fault of the institution rather than, you know, the individual um, making a poor decision. You know, I, I think, you know, I couldn't maybe I'm, I've gotten just incredibly lucky. And, and that's probably the case, you know, having worked at the institutions I've had, I've had the, the good fortune to work for, uh, including here at Mercy. Um, but I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I mean, who else gets to go to work every single day, um, walk around a beautiful campus, you know, take in a lacrosse game, uh, meet students that you admitted to the university as you're walking down the hall and they say, thank you. And I still have that acceptance letter, figuring out a, a way for a student to afford a college education. Whereas if you didn't have that conversation, they would otherwise stop attending college and completely derail their educational and professional goals. And we get to do that every single day. So, I mean, I, I consider myself incredibly fortunate to have stumbled upon this field of ours, I mean, nobody, you know, few people go to school uh, to start in the admissions field as, as I did uh, so many years ago, but I consider myself very, very lucky. And, and what I try to tell people that have crossed my paths over the years, and, and, and Brian, you know, we've had this conversation before, is, is I take great pride in what I call my coaching tree, right? And that is, you know, people that have worked under me that I've, I've had the pleasure of supervising, I want to see them you know, take over the higher education world. I want to see them in director roles. I want to see them in vice president roles. And and so I try to inspire the team that I work with uh, every single day to, to keep kind of progressing uh, in the field uh, and, and really just uh, trying to make them understand that the challenges that we uh, see are no different uh, than the challenges you're going to see in the corporate world. Um, or in, in another field that you would choose. Um, but we have the, the added benefit of, of being able to see the entire life cycle of the work that we do. And that's very different in the corporate world, right? I can meet a sophomore in high school at a college fair, or I can have a mother uh, email me uh, about a prospective student. And that relationship can go on for two years before the student enrolls, and then another four years um, while they're at Mercy. Uh, and to be able to see something that you did and inspired a student to attend Mercy, uh, and then years and years later, see them walk across the stage and graduate, you don't get that in very many fields at all. Uh, and, and just to be able to have that part, you know, makes all the difficult times and the challenges and the faster delays and uh, whatever else is going to come next year that's going to try to trip us up. Um, it makes it much more tolerable because, you know, uh, I go home uh, in the evening and I reflect on the day. And very often I had an individual interaction with a student and it could be, 
in person on our campus, or it could be a phone call or a text message or an email uh, that made it all worth it. You know, I could totally relate, Adam, to what you're saying. I left for a year and I just had to get back into the seat and for all those reasons. So it's great to be having this conversation. We always end our conversations on Visionary Voices. We're building a playlist on Spotify. And so I'm asking um, each of our institutions to select a song uh, that best represents uh, either their leadership team or this particular initiative, in this case, uh, the Catalyst program. Uh, Can you give me a song for my playlist? Playlist that best exemplifies mercy. So I'll be curious to hear what Adam chose. I chose Tom Petty. I won't back down. I love it. What you got, Adam? I'm a huge TP fan, so that's a that's a good one. But um, I I, this is a great homework assignment, Brian, and I appreciated it. So I have 11 year old son um, who uh, is very much into rap, right, and hip hop, um, and the current stuff is, you know, not great. Um, so I'm trying to pull him back into, into the 90s, the early 2000s world. And I've introduced him to Eminem. And this has changed both of our lives because I'm like reintroduced to all this music that I used to listen to uh, as a kid. And he's really getting into it. So my selection was Not Afraid by Eminem. Because as an institution, we are not afraid to tackle these challenges. I love it. Well, both of those songs will make the playlists. Uh, Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down, and Not Afraid by Eminem. It has been great speaking with the two of you. I'm so grateful for your time. I learned so much. And yeah, I'm really glad that the two of you work together. Um, I know when you were coming into your presidency, Adam was so hopeful to have an inspiring leader. And it's clear that he's gotten just that in um, being able to work side by side with you, President Parrish. That's so kind. And this is, it's really been a pleasure to have the chance to talk with you. Thanks for having us. Visionary Voices, the College President's Playbook, is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, enrollment, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks, all designed to empower you to be a better higher ed professional. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admission professionals find their next big ideas and feature a huge selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Artis Cadu, Jamie Hunt, Allison Tercio, and so many more of your favorite leaders in higher ed. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the leading AI-powered, all-in-one student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, and engaging interactions with students. Learn more at element451.com.